Wash away my sins. Oh, now what can wash away my sin? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. And oh 
abides, oh he abides, oh hallelujah, he abides with me. And I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way, for the Comforter abides with me. Now I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way, for the hand of God in all my life I see. And the reason of my bliss, yes, the secret all is this, that the Comforter abides with me. Oh, He abides, yes, He abides. Oh, hallelujah, He abides with me. And I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way. For the Comforter abides with me. Once my heart was full of sin, once I had no peace within, till I heard how Jesus died upon the tree. Oh, then I fell down at his feet, and there came a peace so sweet. Now the Comforter abides with me. Oh, he abides, yes, he abides. Oh, hallelujah, he abides with me. Oh, I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way. For the Comforter abides with me. Is with me everywhere, and he knows my every care. I'm as happy as a bird, just as free. For the Spirit has control, Jesus satisfies my soul, since the Comforter abides with me. Oh, he abides, yes, he abides. Oh, hallelujah, he abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way, for the Comforter abides with me. Now He abides, oh He abides, oh hallelujah, He abides with me. And I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way, for the Comforter abides with me. Go ahead and change the word of our service now. Slow it down just a bit before we take our needs before the Lord. If we could sing that song, I've anchored my soul. I think in the key of F still. Oh, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. And I'll
ahead and take these needs before the Lord in prayer. And Brother Matt, if you would just continue to play that softly. We just want to remember those who are not able to be with us uh, due to traveling, uh, including my dad, Brother Keith. He's away working, so we just want to remember him. And also, uh, Sister Karen and Brother David uh, Morlier are not with us. They're away. As well as Sister April Grant is uh, traveling as well. And uh, we all know the storm hitting Florida right now, and uh, many believers are in the path of that storm. So we just want to keep them in prayer as well, that the Lord will keep them safe in this uh, time. So, And I don't have any other prayer requests, uh, but we all have unspoken needs. And I do ask, though, um, you would remember me in prayer uh, with uh, some things going on at my job, nothing serious. But we just want the Lord to have his way uh, in all things. So if you would just remember me. but. Just by the lifting of your hand uh, for any unspoken prayer request, the Lord knows that need. And if I could just have uh, Brother Andrew uh, Coffee come at this time and just pray over these needs. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for gathering us once again in your house. Lord, we've come to step away from the cares of life and the busyness of the week just to focus on you, to hear your word, and to worship you, and to break the bread of life. Lord, we ask that you would move on our hearts this evening, Lord, and you've prepared the minister and the thought, but Lord, we ask that you would also prepare our hearts to receive through the singing of songs and through our prayers, and the Holy Spirit would be free to discern needs, be able to move on lives. Lord, we just have full faith and trust You're the God who sees what we have need of and that you're able to meet that need no matter what it is. And Lord, there are needs of travel, Lord, or traveling mercies. We just ask you'll be with those who are on the road and couldn't be here tonight. Lord, our hearts also go out to the believers who are in the path of the storm. Lord, you've never met a storm that was too big or too daunting in your eyes on the sparrow. So we know that you're watching over them. We just commit them to you, Lord, believing that uh, you'll... Make a way for them to get through this trial. And Lord, we just commit the rest of this service into your hands. Ask that you would be with the song leader and the songs, that you would use the tithes and the offerings for your glory. We just commit the rest of the day into your hands. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may have your seats. We're going to try one. I think we've sung it before here, but I'm not entirely sure, but we're going to try. So, and I, I think we flat. So. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. Moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life, you have been faithful, and all my life, you have been so. I am able, I will 
Brother Chris, if you would. I'd rather have Jesus than
the service now as Brother Barry comes this evening. Um, let's sing that song. Um, I will serve him. I will serve thee because I
glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It's good. It's just good for us to come aside on a Wednesday night with all the things that we wrestle with. Just nice to be able to push the pause button for a minute and just say, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your word. Thank you for an opportunity to come together. And it's always just nice to do that. As the musicians play, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, again, another meeting of your people. But our meeting, Lord, would just be good friendship and fellowship without you. And Lord, as good as that is, it's always better when you come and visit us, Lord, in your word. So, Father, tonight we just want to give you this evening. We have many, many things to pray about, many concerns and burdens on our heart. And, Lord, you know them all. You know exactly what the solutions always are. And your ways are not our ways. Your ways are higher. So in the name of Jesus, we bind all of these petitions and requests and give them to you. We pray now that you would be pleased with our praise and with our worship. And that, Lord, you would just dwell among us tonight in a special way. Father, we thank you for this place and, Lord, for the people that come Lord so faithfully and we ask now that your blessing and rest upon them and all them that are streaming and listening tonight Father we commit ourselves to you for your service and ask that you'd forgive all of us for anything that may be contrary to the moving of the Holy Spirit may nothing in our lives hinder the flow of the Holy Spirit Lord Jesus we ask now that you would bless the reading of the word and we'll commit it all to you in the name of Jesus our Lord Amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Musicians, we want to thank you. And uh, would you hold on for just a shake, okay? Because Sister Rebecca is going to come sing for us tonight in a minute. But I want to do something here first, all right? I want to just take a few announcements here. And I usually uh, uh, rip through some of these. But uh, tonight, if you don't mind, I'd like to just... uh, explain a few of these here tonight and uh, we won't we won't rush the service if that's all right um i think it'd be nice if we spend a little extra time in praying for the saints in florida and all of the families who are there because uh as we have service tonight and right about um within less than an hour the center of the hurricane will be right over brother jaron's family's house and uh, so I, I'd like to be remembering them, Sister Hannah Whitlock, uh, and all the other many believers who are uh, in Florida and right in the path of this hurricane. It's Category 5. When uh, it struck the land, it was a, there was a 12-foot wave surge uh, this evening here, and the governor said uh, there's no hope of rescue. He said if you're on the coastline or something like that, he said just stay put. And uh, So it's a serious situation. I think it would be nice for us to pray for them. All right, let me give you a couple of these uh, uh, requests here and announcements. Um, Brother Costia, Lord willing, will be here. He can only be here on Sunday morning. And so we're going to have him and a translator, Brother Igor, uh, who's going to come and be here. And we'll have uh, him share some of the things that uh, he's been doing in Ukraine and some of the testimonies. Things are changing. Uh, things are changing in Russia. And I can see uh, pretty soon that we're going to have prayer requests coming from the believers in Russia 
who are going to be and are being affected by the draft there. That's kind of how we understand it. Uh, but there are believers who are fleeing into different parts of the country and going underground because there are uh, mandates now in place, and uh, some of it is working, some is not working so smoothly. Brother uh, Kostya uh, has lived in Russia. Uh, he's an electrician. He's worked in Moscow, and uh, he's going to be with us on Sunday morning, so that will, uh, that will be there. Now, uh, there is a youth gathering on Friday night. Brother George Smith's going to be in town. He's going to be sharing his uh, testimony for youth. Uh, and it will be at 7 o'clock, right? 7 o'clock uh, Friday night. You'll get the details if you don't already have them. They're trying to feed the people uh, at this gathering, so they would like, you to, like us to uh, indicate how many people are coming. So when you get, you young people, 13 and up, when you get the message, respond to that. Uh, Rachel and Peter will send that out, and then you can let, we'll let them know, okay, so from our place. Uh, so that'll be this Friday night for, for you 13 and up. Um, <clears throat> we, uh, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of details about the men's meeting except to say it was wonderful. It should be. Uh, I mean, it's uh, 100 dedicated men, excellent ministers, extremely high-quality uh, ministry of the Word. I think everybody who was there would agree uh, that it was a, a tremendous meeting. But we want to hear from Brother Samuel tonight. And this is Brother Samuel's first meeting, and he just volunteered to come on up here and share just in a sentence or two how you felt about this. Come on, don't, don't hesitate. I'm killing time. Killing time. So uh, we just want you to share... Uh, what you experience and what it meant to you. I have a mouthpiece in my mouth, so have to, uh, bear with me. I'll interpret for you. Okay, all right. I get nervous talking in front of people. I lose my breath sometimes, so just bear with me. Um, the men's meeting was very special to me. Um, I struggled a lot over the years with different churches and not... Um, not visiting with each other, you know. Just give me a second. Just see if that many brothers, you know, up there um, ministering and visiting with each other. It was, it was, um, it meant a lot to me, so. Um, was it anything like you expected? No, nothing like I expected. <laughs> Good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Anyways, pardon again for um, being nervous, but um, like I said, I did grow up um, not experiencing that, and you know, a lot of visiting ministers have come here. I've been coming for about a year now, and to see that many other brothers come together under the word and whatever you know difference they had, I wouldn't know what they were because. Uh, just what I went away with was something I'd never experienced before, and that was just come together, you know, I don't know, just brotherly love like I'd never seen before. So, How did you like the men's choir? <laughs> it was good. Did you get enough to eat? 
Uh, I did. We ate a lot. We ate about every hour. So. God bless you. Thank you, Samuel. Bill, come on. We never get you to testify. This is your lucky day. It could be your finest hour. So tell us, Brother Bill, you've been to several men's meetings. Yes. Um, uh, Samuel and I went to the same church for years. and um, Step this way. The, the, the unity of the brothers coming together and loving one another. You, you, when you read the word, you say, this is how it's supposed to be. And uh, so many, so much division among a lot of the churches and people's all about themselves. And, uh, you know, we're the word and other people, they believe differently. So we can't associate with them, that kind of idea. But you see a real love and a union amongst the brethren here. And it just, it was amazing, amazing uh, preaching and just the fellowship. And I just uh, had an amazing time, enjoyed it. I know, I know other brothers did too that went. Did you get enough to eat? Uh, I don't eat a lot like I used to, but... Uh, I went there for the spiritual food. Oh, okay. okay. Ethan, come on up. Is this your first? It's my second. Second? Yeah. Okay. What did you think? It was awesome. Why? Was, uh, the services were amazing. Some of the, some of the, uh, it's the best atmosphere. It's one of the best atmospheres being around. All those brother, uh, all those brothers. It's just, it's just wonderful to worship with them. There's no girls there. Yeah. No distractions there. There's no kids there. Uh, yet everybody there wants to be there, and that was really nice. And, you know, it, it just everybody just enters in. What particularly spoke to you? What any particular service? Uh, probably when uh, uh, there's two uh, brother Jacks on uh, finding a good wife. Oh yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> Sisters, we're going to be sending that link out to you, uh, all the single sisters, and Ethan's going to get the mail that comes back from that. Okay. And then uh, Brother Steve's on, uh, one thing that stuck out to me was uh, unity doesn't mean uni- uh, uniformity. So that was another, another thing that uh, spoke to me. Mm. Great. Did you get enough to eat? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right, wonderful. Last one, Brother Aaron. Come on, let's just have a quick one here. And uh, this is your second? Yeah. Yeah. So. At the meetings for me, they were so fulfilling, so uplifting. And the atmosphere and the, how do you pronounce it? Camaraderie. Camaraderie. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) It was just so great. And I was so blessed and so touched. I enjoyed all the services. I enjoyed Brother Steve. I Never knew he had so much maturity. And, uh, yeah, might be moving to Virginia. Hey. All right, that's enough for Brother Aaron. We'll cut that off right where Brother Amware was there and his boys, and uh, it was just really nice uh, to be able to gather together. And uh, this is our one of our devotions, and I thought, you know, every one of our devotions could have been turned into a a session. 
and uh, even just the little parts of it, you know, were just really rich. And this is at one of our devotions at 11:30 at night, and uh, you know, we're reading out of our Bibles there, and, and uh, just it was just really uh, wonderful. So um, we, I've gotten wonderful testimonies back, and uh, for all of you that we didn't have church on Sunday, Lord willing, we'll not do that again. I, I know we were uh, almost all the men were either gone to the meeting or occupied. And people took advantage of that weekend, and, and many of them were away. I know that. But uh, all day Sunday, I just felt, you know, as I was, you just feel like you would feel when you don't have church. And uh, so, Lord willing, we're, uh, we're praying about next year and what we should do. And uh, so, uh, bear with us there. Now, uh, the big news uh, is that uh, this trip that was planned for October uh, in 10 days in Malawi, we have postponed. And uh, that was a major, um, major decision uh, for us and uh, not something that I uh, wanted to do. But in Malawi, uh, they have had a series of rolling power cuts in the country where uh, with different um, weather patterns, like not enough rain for generation of electricity, they have uh, um, had, had rolling power cuts, so the power would go off for days on end uh, in that uh, part of the country. And then also supply chain issues, so even though they had the funds, they could not get uh, materials in there fast enough to meet the deadline of us being there. So this is the building. This is where they were at yesterday, and uh, it, it is uh, onwards towards completion. But uh, Brother... Uh, Precious and I, we discussed it at length and we just felt it would be better for us to uh, move it probably into 2023 and, uh, you know, go for when the building is complete. They're in it, they're working it, and uh, they um, would be ready for us to come and and do some uh, time of dedication and special meetings there. So uh, if you don't mind, just remember that in prayer. Lord willing, we'll go to Tanzania in December, uh, but this uh, this is where we are. Uh, right now. So um, I wanted to also mention as well that um, Brother Tim Ashong, uh, who's here and been diagnosed with cancer, uh, Brother Tim is not here tonight because he's traveling out on the West Coast and ministering out there for different churches. You know, when I asked him today, I said, how are you doing? He said, by God's grace, he said, I'm feeling fine, doing well. And so he's just uh, preaching several churches out there. And he said, sitting here and seeing all of these pictures and hearing the reports of different things going on overseas, he said, Brother Barry, I just can't sit still. He said, i got to get out and minister and preach and, and, and go. So that's what he's been doing. And I'm just delighted because he uh, he's feeling that much better than when he first came. So we're excited for Brother Tim. Um, also as well, uh, Brother Aaron has found somebody uh, who is able to uh, ship barrels of stuff from here to Zimbabwe for a very reasonable rate. He has brought two barrels here, and I'm going to add about six, eight, or ten barrels uh, as well, and we're going to bring things here uh, that we're going to send. And we're also going to send them things like Hoffman, Pictures of Christ, and some of the spoken word books in English that we have, and so forth. So we're going to be loading those barrels up. I'm going to be calling on our team of barrel packers 
uh, our young, our old, uh, our older Sunday school class, Brother Aaron's class. And we're going to probably take a Saturday and pack that stuff up. Don't go to the Goodwill and buy out Goodwill and bring it here. Most of you have stuff that if it's in good shape that you can bring uh, that would be helpful to the people over there, clothes that are good. Or, uh, we'll, matter of fact, we'll probably revive. A, we had a little uh, list last time of things that we could use there. Okay, so we'll dig that out. We'll revise it and then uh, bring it. You can't put your younger brother or sister in there, um, but there are there are lots of things that we can put easily in that in those containers. And then in November, I think it is that we we're going to have a date, and then we'll ship those off. We'll have a date prior to that where we'll load those barrels and get them gone. Once we get those, it worked for Guyana. Uh, Brother Mark, we were so excited to get that stuff over there. We're uh, able to do it again. And uh, most of us have surplus stuff. It would be nice to uh, move along. So uh, this, is, uh, this is a good thing. So we'll have, when we do that date, we'll let you know. Just have it ready at your place, and then we'll tell you when to bring it. Brother Johnny Reynolds is not here tonight. He is out in Colorado. After the men's meeting, he left immediately and went to, uh, went to Colorado to pick up his father. His father is 90, father-in-law, is, his father is 97 years old. And he's moving him here. Uh, they've renovated their house and uh, they're going to be moving, moving him in here uh, as soon as he brings him back. However, when Brother Johnny got there, he was not the the, uh, the father. Tom was not feeling well, and they're at the emergency room tonight. And Sister Reynolds, Sister Doris, texted me and asked me, "Would we remember that need in prayer? Uh, because if he's that old and has to make the journey by car, uh, that's going to be a challenge at best. And so we want to pray that the Lord will uh, allow that to happen and Brother Johnny get back safely and. Uh, in a timely fashion. So uh, if you don't mind remembering that. We uh, have, as has been mentioned, uh, Brother Jaron's brother and sister, uh, many of his family members, his father and the believers are all hunkered down in Brother Keith Brown's church in St. Augustine. Uh, The uh, conditions are not well. Brother Danny Steeman and his church as well are all in place there in the church. There are a number of believers in Sarasota with Brother Stacy Goodbread uh, as well, and Brother Stacy's uh, EMS, and so he's EMT, so he's been giving me updates as well, just of stuff there. And we've been, I've been in contact today with Sister Hannah Whitlock, uh, and she said, you know, when you, it was kind of a shock to her because when you go out, they normally don't have hurricanes hit that immediate area. And she said when they went out in the stores, the girls that she's with, uh, there was nothing. She said it was just empty, absolutely empty shelves, and so there's nothing there. So uh, this hurricane, we don't know where it's going to go. Uh, it could impact our area by Saturdays, what the one of the forecasts uh, have shown, but you know, obviously that could change. We're living in a time where those things happen, and uh, when it strikes an area where there are believers, we should take that to heart because that's our family. And uh, I, I look at that as something that uh, I, I'm just glad that we have a God who cares and a God we can turn to and a God who protects us in the middle of the storm. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. So all of those needs we uh, sure want to keep on our hearts tonight and uh, especially tonight and uh, throughout, you know, in the morning when you, um, 
hopefully we'll get a good report and we'll share that with you uh, in the morning. So um, let's, uh, if, if you don't mind, Sister Rebecca, would you come on and we'll, we'll slide back into the um, mode here just in getting ready to read the word. And um, we're glad to have Andrew and Rebecca and the family with us this week. And uh, we uh, always love it when Sister Rebecca comes to sing. And um, God is good to us, isn't he? We've been blessed with many wonderful singers and uh, people who have gifts that they use to minister to God's people all over the world. So we're thankful for that. He's training me to bring down every 
Blessing to see Brother Andrew Sylvester at the men's meeting. Andrew and Caitlin, welcome back. We love you. Good to see you and uh, great to have you with us. I know the grandparents are uh, excited and uh, great to have you with us tonight. Let's stand to our feet. Let's look in the Word, Psalm 25. I tried to get away from this topic and came back to this word on walk and path and bear with me tonight. We're not going to be able to finish this, but let's take a look at it tonight. Psalm 25, verse 1. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed, and let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. If anyone's going to be ashamed, let those who transgress you and transgress your word without cause, let them be ashamed. But he says, not them that wait on thee. Show me thy ways. And here's the two verses now that we want to use tonight. Show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy path. Now Enoch must have, he must have done this. He must have, he must have found this key. Because he found the right path and he walked it in a way that was pleasing to God. Moving in the right direction, walking in the right way. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. Thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. May God add his blessing. You may be seated. Keep your Bible, because we're going to use it here tonight. Now David says, show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy paths. The word paths there is a beautiful Hebrew word, and it doesn't mean just a cut through the trees. It means a way of living. That's actually what the Hebrew phrase means. He says, show me the way I should live. Not just how I should conduct myself as a Christian, But how should I live in the world that I find myself in? Teach me thy paths. You've got a way. You've got a direction for me. Show me that. And he says, lead me in thy truth and teach me. Well, this sounds a little bit like the Lord's Prayer, doesn't it? Jay asked Jesus to teach him to pray. And he said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and all the other uh, parts over there. And Jesus is, is saying, uh, teaching the disciples to uh, go to God with the attitude and go to God with the approach that you want him to show you his ways and his path. 
And we want to know how we should live. Whether you're a teenager or whether you're an older person or whether you're a minister, whether you're a deacon in the church or uh, whether you're just a good solid member, where there's a way for all of us to conduct ourselves. And David is asking God that he would show him that way of living and to lead him in the path of truth. Now, <clears throat> Brother Branham says, now, how, did, how in the world, how did those clergymen fail to see Jesus? And how did those Pharisees and Sadducees fail to see? When Jesus so clearly uh, held out the scripture for them to examine, and he said, search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. How did they fail to see it, brethren? He said it's been prophesied that they would do it. It had been prophesied that they would do it. But still, how could they miss it? It was so clear and so obvious and so in their face that how could they actually do it? They must have been, uh, you know, Brother Bram kind of scratching his head uh, verbally here. And so is it today. Gross darkness is coming upon the people. And here we are. How many would agree? God has lauded his word, not just for this day, but God has lauded his word to be manifested this day. Right? God has lauded a word that he wants to see fulfilled. God has lauded a word that he wants to see come to pass. God has lauded a word that he wants to see come alive in this last day. For every age, God does that. But he's lauded that word to be manifested in this day. And it's the only light we have. And God is going to let somebody manifest that word. So there are going to be, let me tell you something, there's going to be an Elijah come, but there's going to be people whose hearts are turned. Right? Because that was Elijah's job, was to bring bring a word that turned the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. Well, there's going to be a people who are actually turned. They're gonna, they're gonna view the word as an absolute. They're gonna view the word in the same way that the people in the early church viewed the word. Hey, that's what God said. That's what we believe. That's vindicated. That's true. No doubt about it. That's where we stand. And you know what? The early church proved to us that when they get a revelation, even if they don't have a great church structure, which they did not, because everything was brand new to them, they still had an anchor enough that they were willing to die for what they knew. They just knew that was God's word. They knew that was God speaking. And they were willing to bet the farm. They were willing to bet everything on it. And they believed that that was the light that God sent. And God's going to let somebody manifest that word. And he's never changed his pattern. I believe the same thing is true today. I believe that no matter how narrow it gets, I believe that no matter how tight things get in the world, I believe that no matter how many uh, plagues, pestilences, and natural phenomena go wrong in our world, I believe that there's going to be a people that stand there and say, but you know what? The message is right. And you know what? We need to get past our past. We need to deal with it. We need to face it. We need to stop being wishy-washy about it. We need to be totally committed to it. Not to me and not to the church, but we need to be totally committed to God and His Word. And we need to decide in your heart, deep within your heart, even when difficult times come, we need to decide within our heart, it is right, I stand with it. Hey, people are funny, people are squirrely, people do stupid things, hey, and we're all capable of making mistakes, and ministers are not always... Hey, we find out ministers are actually human and they make mistakes here. But I will tell you what, the word of God is true. And you know what? No matter what happens, no matter what our government does, and who knows what our government will do, and who knows where things will go. And you know now there's, uh, there's, all, there's always media reports about things that are going on in Russia. But I thought it was interesting that over the last 48 hours, you know, the, uh, the, the government has signaled to every American to get out of Russia. 
The, the embassy and the ambassadors, the ambassador there and the team have signaled to all, uh, all American people to get out of Russia altogether. Now that's different than the media saying that there's this and this going on here. Uh, to me that's important. And you know, you see, uh, the leadership kind of backed into a corner. Backing a nuclear powered country into a corner is never a good thing. Let me assure you, it's never a good thing. And so therefore, you, this is an hour for you not to be deciding and wondering whether the message is true. I said this is not an hour for you, for you people to be deciding whether the message is true. You should know now by, in your heart, deep within your heart, that the message is right. That God's word is true. It's an absolute. It's something we can uh, bet the farm on. It's something that we absolutely don't have any doubt or hesitancy about. It's, it's that time when we either need to get in the boat or get out of the boat one or the other. Because this ship is sailing. That may trouble some of you, but if I trouble you to the point of introspection, to where you begin to look and examine things in your heart, and really question it, and really examine it, and really come up with the right answer, then I've done my job. And it's not, it's not profitable for you or for me uh, to, to keep people in a state of lingering doubt. I believe it's, it's appropriate for us uh, to challenge people to make the decision, and you should make it as soon as you can. Because every day, we don't know what the next day holds. Every day, we don't know what's coming to pass. Somebody say amen. We are the people of God that should be able to make a decision based on, uh, you know, the word of God and the revelation that's given to us. Don't be waiting around for something magical to happen. And don't be waiting around for some cataclysmic event for you to decide to get in. Don't be waiting around for somebody to come uh, and bring you another message or an eighth messenger or something like that. It isn't going to happen. What God's given, us, God's given us, I believe, the best He's going to give us in the form of this truth that we've got, this light in the last day. You know what he's waiting on? He's not waiting for another great preacher to rise up. He's not waiting for another superman's meaning. He's waiting for this word to be manifested because that's what he's allotted for every age. And you're not promised a time of sojourning on this earth without trouble. You're not promised a time uh, where things are going to get better. It's not. But I will tell you something, that there's something about the people of God that no matter how dark things get, they just have a resolve to keep going forward. They're walking into that kingdom because that's what this is all about. Now that, that word path here we find is, it, it, it literally means the road or the passing of life. How do I, how do I pass my life from start to finish, uh, in, 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 uh, in a way that's pleasing to God? Take your Bible, if you will, go back to Psalm 16. And this is where we want to look. Psalm 16 here. And these are great psalms, and I want to just highlight a couple of things here. We could read the whole thing, but let's just look from verse 7. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. That word counsel in the Hebrew means purpose. I will bless the Lord who has given me a purpose in life. I know why I'm here. I know who I am. My reins also instruct me in the night season, and I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. As long as he's at my right hand, you know what, that means power. As long as he's my power, as long as he's my strength, I'll be okay. This is not a time to grieve the Holy Spirit away. This is a time for you to keep him at your right hand and to face the battles, to run into trouble, uh, just like people today are, uh, you know, law, uh, people in law enforcement and uh, firemen and so forth. Uh, most people, when there's a fire or an explosion or something, they run away from trouble. There are people who are trained to run into trouble. 
And this is what David is saying about a believer. He said, I will bless the Lord. He's given me a purpose. And Satan's not going to deter that purpose at all. He's not going to detract from that purpose. And as long as God's in my right hand, I'll run towards trouble. I'll run towards whatever it is that's ahead of me. Because, Lord, you've got a path for me. Is that all right? And he says, I, I, I have, in verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad, my, glor- my glory rejoiceth, and my flesh shall rest in hope. This is the only place now, this, these two verses are found. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth, and my flesh shall also rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Who is that speaking of? Jesus Christ, right? I mean, that's the only verse that Jesus quoted or referred to in terms of, or was referenced in terms of him going to the cross, knowing and believing that God's not going to leave him there when he dies. This is written now. Here's David now under, under the kind of pressure or condition where he would actually say that. Right? He's not speaking of himself, but he's, he's writing this, I don't believe, just as a, an afterthought. But I believe that he's, he's, going through, uh, he's going through things in his own life, and God's putting him through circumstances where he would be at the point where he says, Lord, no matter, even if I die, I don't believe that you'll leave my soul in hell. Now, whether David thought that was about himself or not, we don't know. But it wasn't for David, it was really for Jesus Christ going to the cross and embracing this particular promise when he went to the cross. That no matter if I die here, and I believe that I will, that I will not be left in, in the grave. I will not be, I will not be abandoned to the realm of the dead. That's what the Hebrew meaning is. I read that today. That, that he said, for thou will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Up to this point, Jews only knew the, that there was a realm of the dead. And you know what? Nobody got out. Nobody got out of the place of the dead. Nobody had come back so far. Job believed there was a way out, but that way out was through the Redeemer that was the resurrection who would come. And there was nobody who made it out of the realm of the dead. Nobody came back. The, uh, you know, when, when the witch of Endor conjured up Solomon, or sorry, uh, the, the prophet uh, Samuel conjured him up there, and he came up and made an appearance and then went back again. He never crossed out of the realm of the dead. He came to the edge of the realm of the dead. You say, wow, is that biblical? Absolutely. Could you do it now? No. Why not? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so therefore, uh, there was nobody walked out of the realm of the dead until Jesus did. Thank God for the resurrection. And he says, I believe that thou wilt wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither shalt thou suffer one to see corruption. So in other words, Jesus was totally invested in this particular promise, going, walking up to the cross. He knew that this was for him. He knew that this was about him. And he knew its source, and it could not fail. Now that's faith. That's not a hope. That's faith. He knew that this promise was for him, and he knew that it would not fail. Now, in that context... David says in verse 11, he says, Thou, the same God who said that, now thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures from evermore. So Lord, I'm depending on you to show me, uh, like like this, this previous verse, is also an instruction that, Lord, you're going to show me the path of life. In other words, take me to where 
uh, you will not forsake me. Take me to where you will not abandon me. And take me to where nothing can hold me. Are you following me tonight? This is what David is actually praying. He's saying, uh, I want you to show me my path. I want you to, uh, I want you to articulate. I want you to make clear my purpose in life. Even if it's over here or if it's over there or whatever, whatever decision that I have to make or whatever circumstance that I have to face. I, I, I want you to do that because in that place is the place of safety. In that place is the perfect will of God. In that place is the place where I do not have to fear. No matter what is thrown at me, including death. He's confident of this one thing. That if God said that and God's going to fulfill that, then Lord, order my steps every day of my life. And when a person is in the will of God like that, you know what? There's not a thing in the world that they need to fear. Now, I've only got a couple of minutes here uh, left, believe it or not. But I, I want to just, I wanna just uh, illustrate a little point that was on my heart. And I'm bringing this from, uh, from, the, uh, from the men's meeting here. There was a, a little statement that is found in Genesis chapter 9. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you... And the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air and upon all that moved upon the earth and all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand will they be delivered. Now there's nobody on the earth, right? They're the only ones on the earth and they're walking out of the ark and God says, hey, go on, go on forth. And he says, as you go, he says, everyone and everything will be, uh, they will respect you. He says, they will, they will fear you. There's, there's nobody there. But God is telling them that you are the people that are coming from the ark. You are the people that walk with me. You are the people that now stand on this new earth. And he says, I want you to go. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth. And he says, I want you to go forth with confidence, knowing, knowing that you walked in harmony with me to get into this ark. I'll walk with you when you come out of it. Now, follow it again in Joshua chapter 2. This is Rahab. She's got the two spies up on the roof. She's covering them over uh, and hiding them until they get on a, a rope and they go down through the, uh, the, uh, the wall and they take off into the wilderness for three days and then they go back to, to the camp of, of Joshua. And uh, she says this interesting thing, says the same thing. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Sion and Og, whom he utterly destroyed. We heard all that. We absolutely heard all that. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. And neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, when you think about this, this is Rahab saying this to two guys. It's not that these two guys are, have superpowers. And, uh, you know, the, 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 in terms of stature, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, physical strength, <laughs> these are just two ordinary people. But, but they represent the, the people of Israel, right? They're representatives of the people of Israel. And she says, hey, when you guys show up, everything stops. You know what? We get afraid. We get nervous when all you people come around. And it's not because they are great theologians. And it's not because they all are super weapons. And it's not because uh, you have nuclear capability. That's not it. That's not why we're afraid of you. But we're afraid of you because we have heard of the exploits of your God. And your God seems to be able to do anything. Are you following me tonight? 
that I'm only going to be another minute, so hang on here. That, that you, we heard about your God. Your God is different than our gods. And your God seems to have all this power. And he's able to do whatever he wants. He's able to open up Red Sea. He's able to drop manna every day from the heavens. He's got a pillar of fire reminder in the sky. And when that, when that's not around, he's got a cloud there, uh, to guide you people. And it's almost like he's always there. He's always around. And he's got a, a hand of protection over you people. And nobody's able to mess with you like people like Pharaoh, who are well known in the day that, uh, you know, they, they crumbled. They, 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 they came to their knees uh, because of uh, the strength of your God. And there really seems to be no God like you. And so when you guys come around, you're, rep- you're not that God, but you're representatives of that God. And you bring the news of that God and what he's going to do in this part of the world. And because you're walking in harmony with him, we fear you because of what your God's able to do. And what about, I say this, what about how, uh, you know, believers today, we who walk in harmony with God and with the program of the day and the vision of the hour, we're walking in harmony with that and walking in obedience to what God says and walking right in the path that God has ordained. Let me tell you, it's not just us. It's God watching over us. It's God with us, even in us along that pathway and bringing us to the place, the destiny that God's ordained. And, and I believe that as a result of that, the people of the world... Uh, Uh, They had to be careful how they treat the bride of Christ. I believe they had to be careful how they treat you at work and how they, uh, how they deal with things. I've seen lots of businesses fold. I've seen lots of people, uh, you know, run into problems over how they treat the bride of Christ. There might be just one person in that school or there might be just one person in that business there. I know that in my case, in my testimony, uh, that I believe that God kept that business open up there until, uh, you know, uh, that printing company up there in Newfoundland until, uh, I left there and after I left there, let me tell you, everything changed. I remember there was a little while ago back in 2010, I believe it was, and I actually went to work. I was doing some framing, picture framing for a little company I've told you before. And uh, I was just doing that part-time just a little bit, just partly for to keep this together up here. And uh, because that's when I, they had all those threats of sickness and so forth. And uh, so I just got a little part-time job, and I was working there. And everything was rolling along fine. And uh, we were doing good until uh, some guy rolls in, and he's got a picture of a gay, him and his husband, uh, a gay picture uh, of a wedding. And he wants me to frame it. And I, <clears throat> I looked at that, and uh, I said, I'll tell you what, uh, if you want, you can leave the picture but we'll get back to you. So I took the picture and I went up to my boss and I just laid it, the owner of the company, and I just laid it on the table. And I said, this is where I draw the line. And I said, I'm afraid I'm not going to frame that. You can, uh, if you want somebody else to come down and frame that, you're welcome to do it. Uh, but I'm not going to do it because I can't look at it long enough. And uh, no offense, no offense, but uh, that's just, just me where I, where I draw the line. And now you can go by that store and it's just shuttered. There's nothing there, boarded up. That store had been there for years and years. Now, I'm just saying this, that I, I believe for believers, we, uh, we are a people who are not afraid of the standards. We're not afraid. And I'm not saying that you should be, you know, rebels in your uh, community and so forth. But I am saying this, that I believe there's a God who watches over you. And I believe there's a God that honors you when you walk in harmony and obedience to his commandments and, and you, you walk in the path that he's ordained. And that's what David's praying. Show me the path. Because I know when I walk on the path, just like Jesus, he said, I'm here only to do that which the Father pleases the Father. And when he's on that path, God's going to make every promise come to pass. This is exactly as God has said. 
He's going he's to honor the word of somebody who fi- seeks that path and walks that path in obedience. And God's going to honor that promise that's made about him. And I don't think it's any different in relation to us here in this last day. When we honor that word and walk in it, we're walking into one of the darkest times of history uh, under one of the greatest lights that has ever shown. And Brother Branham asked the question in 1961. He said, now, this is in Canada. What if Canada and all the U.S., all of us here together, would believe on the gift that God has given us, the Holy Ghost, why you wouldn't have a worry about Russia, why the nations would fear us. God would put a fear upon them. That's scriptural, right? We read it in a couple of places here now. And he did it when he went into Palestine. And remember what Rahab told the spies. Fear not fear. He said, she said, we have no life left in us because we heard what God did for you. And God can do, God can do the same thing. But what are we trying to do? We make our own achievement. In other words, we make our own path. We make our own way. And he said, why not just take God's way of doing it? Why not just ask God, Lord, show me what's an acceptable path for me and what you want me to do. Show me, Lord, what, what way of life you want me to live. What part you want me to play. Show me that. And when you step out in faith in that path, let me tell you, God's going to honor a man who walks in obedience to his word. How many of you can say amen? That's why we need to have discernment of the times that we live in, as we said, because all of this stuff that's on the earth, all the filth and the scum and the ridiculous things that go on, it's all there. And it's because Satan's the ruler of this atmosphere, and, uh, and, and it, is, it is what it is. But God made it that way. God made it so that it would break. God made the kingdoms of this world fragile so they could break. But God gave us more than just natural sight. God gave us... Faith. And this is how we see what we see. Now, let me just real briefly, let me show you a couple of screens here, okay? I've got to put one up here for William. My, all my grandsons are here, so I've got I put that up for these guys here. Now, hold on. <clears throat> when the Bible talks about seeing, it's more than just a natural eyesight part. There's a perception. And when God looks at somebody, he looks at their heart, doesn't he, first? He doesn't look at outward appearance. And, and, and the scripture says, beware in Deuteronomy 15 that there not be a thought in your wicked heart that says, the seventh year, the release is at hand, and thine eye be evil against thy poor brother. You can be looking at a situation and say, no, I'm not going to give him anything. You know what? Because we're in year six. And if that's the case, seven, he's going to be released to the dead. So I'm not going to do that. And if this man cries unto the Lord against thee, you know what, buddy? It's sin to thee. So you have to be careful how you look at things. You have to be careful how you, how you see things because God sees the way you're seeing something. I'm not going to pay my tithes because I'm thinking I'm going to leave that church. Did he just say that? You better be careful because you can cut yourself off from a channel of blessing because of the way you're looking at something. And you have to be very careful about your thinking and about how you look at things here. But we know that the hearing ear and the seeing eye, God made them. God made them a certain way. But what's beautiful about all that is that God gave you a sixth sense. We have five senses that are over here. They're sideways because it's Wednesday night. But we have five senses here, but watch now. 
Brother Bram says, God gave you those senses, but they're given to you as a gift. And it depends on how you, what you yield those senses to. And what you see, hear, taste, smell, and feel, whatever those senses are yielded to, they will dominate you. I will tell you that when you get into a situation when you're making decisions, spiritual decisions by emotions, you could easily run into trouble. And since I'm in a, in a, probably in the pickle barrel anyway, you watch sometimes where you have guilty children, guilty children, children that will mess up in marriage and divorce. And then you come back with the word about marriage and divorce. People will get all hot under the collar. And you know what they're doing? They're reacting out of emotion. Now, I'll tell you what, that's not an easy thing to have to deal with. That's not an easy thing to deal with. And there's an instinct in a mother, for instance, that she'll react a certain way. And yes, I'm going to move away from this real quickly here. Because I don't want to get my head chewed off. But Brother Bram says, we're grateful to God he's given us five senses, but by no means were those senses given to guide you. Your guidance has got to come from a higher power. It's got to come from a higher level. He says, they were for your earthly contact here. Now, just let me, let me jump ahead for a moment here, because if you're not careful, you could be deluded into thinking things. So is this cat going up, up the stairs or down the stairs? And you can be, you can be, dis, you can be deluded here. Now, I'm sorry it's a cat. But I, I didn't have a dog or a donkey going up, up or down the stairs. But, matter of fact, so, you know, some of the feedback notes that I got from people here was, was one of them, the brother warned me. He said, this is 99% positive. Because he said, we have a cat in our house. And I said, I still think you can be part of the bride and, and have a have a cat, I, I think. But you can look at this picture and you can, you can rack your brain. Now listen, there's a lot of people who look at, at certain things. They look at certain things Brother Branham said. And they don't know whether he's right or not. They don't know whether they're going up or down. And you can find yourself in a place. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense anymore. But it's God's word. I'm going to do it anyway. And, and, and I believe that God is training us to think that way. He's tra- training us uh, to, to be moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, he says, again, you look at your affliction, you'll never go any farther. If you look at your affliction, you'll never go any farther. If you have an affliction and you look at that only, you won't go any farther. You'll go as far as the doctor's suggestions. And, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but you limit yourself when you're leaning on those five senses and you're going by your feelings and you're going by the, uh, you know, the stories and, and everything else. You'll never go any farther. But if you look at the promise of God, you've got to write then to every redemptive blessing that God has promised in his word, it's yours. So it depends on what you're looking at, doesn't it? This whole idea of looking and seeing the right thing. And the Christian always looks at unseen things. That's what a Christian does. And every redemptive blessing is, is of God is unseen. And here's the whole armor of the Christian. Love, joy, faith, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience. It's all unseen forces that work in the heart of a believer. These are things that are produced by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And we, we call them fruits. And we, we, we look at things that we do not see. And if we're children of Abraham, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. 
If we're children of Abraham, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just skipping over some of this here. So it's not just a cerebral process, eye, optic nerve, brain, and making that connection. It isn't that. We look at that. A lot of people will look at things. They'll look at uh, and say, well, uh, you know, uh, we have an election. Election's going to come up, and so uh, there's going to be a new leader. Everything will be okay. Let me tell you, I look at every election. I look at every season that comes and goes like that as God moving his, his pieces around on the chessboard and getting everything ready. And when I look at that, I say, God's got a purpose in that somehow. I may not see it, but God's got a purpose in that. And I may not figure it out, but I'm looking at the promises of the end time. And then, Lord, I want to be where I am. I'm not so concerned about where this politician is or that one. I want to be where I need to be because I'm a part of a certain group, and that's a certain group, and Sodom's a certain group, and Israel's a certain group, and all those groups have a part to play, and they have a place on the board. I just want to be sure that I'm exactly where I need to be. And so this is the way it's structured when you look at that vertically, that we've got two eyes and we've got two receptors that are actually connected to the brain and the visual cortex and so forth back there. But when, you're, when you look at something, your left eye connects to the right side of your brain and your right eye connects to the left side of your brain and they go, or they go through a cross. And I will tell you something, that's the only way that you can really look at anything and make sense out of it in terms of God's word. And Brother Branham says, if there's any conquering to be done, it'll have to come through the cross. Aren't you glad there's a cross? And in your head, there's actually a cross because those nerves cross over there and uh, everything that we see, everything that we see, and think spiritually now, for the believer, everything that we see, it's got to go through the cross. Can you say amen? Everything's got to go through the cross. And we see it through the filter of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we look at it, and I was so glad that that's the way that God looks at us, through the blood of, of the cross. And, he, and if there's any overcoming, any conquering to be done, that's the way it's got to be done. It's not your strength and your path and your figuring it out. It's God looking at you through that cross and, uh, and that blood that atones for us. Because along this pathway, just like David along his pathway, uh, you know, it didn't always go so well. And it's not, uh, not that we're uh, perfect in making all the decisions that we have. But I believe this, that by his grace there is forgiveness for the people of God. And God wants you to come back and ask for forgiveness of things we've done wrong and then press on again. I'm glad we had that opportunity to repent, aren't you? That we can do that. <clears throat> and God gave those senses, and he said it depends on what you yield those senses to will be the way your life is controlled. And what you see and hear and feel, those senses are yielded to, they will dominate you. And by no means were those five senses given to guide you. That's an amazing thing. There's not a psychologist or a doctor or a teacher or a professor will tell you that, hey, they, you know, you're, you're supposed to take, pay attention to what your senses tell you. But in a spiritual sense, now Brother Bram's talking about the fact that that's not how oh, this church feels really good. This church sounds really good. My goodness, they all sing like angels here. It could be a bunch of liars, a pack of liars. Bring out the snake box at the end of service, right? You can be fooled by your senses. And they were given to you for earthly contact, but, but there was given you the sixth sense, and that belongs only to the Christian. It belongs only to the Christian. And you cannot have this sixth sense until you become a Christian. It's the only way that you can ever have any more than the five natural senses for the natural person. The only way you can have more than five is when you're born again. And if you're not born again, you're still operating under five. 
So you're going to go by memory, and you're going to go by affection, and you're going to go by the feelings that you have. But the only way that you get the sixth one, he said, is when a person is born again. Sixth sense is better known to the Christian as faith. It's the one that governs and guides you, and it's superior to all the other senses. It's better than any of the rest of them. It's better than the rest of them all combined. It is, it is, truly for us, it's called faith. How many would agree? And again, I'm just, just for this part here, Brother Branham ends this with a prayer in 1953. And he says, may this be the night that you who stood by thy servant, talking about himself in Africa, and watched thousands be healed at a time. May the eyes of this American people see it again tonight, of the people that's here sick and afflicted to be healed. Brother Branham's not pointing to himself. He's not saying that you should respect me. But watch God respect his word. Watch God respect his, his promise that he's made. That God is still a healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that right? And God would have a ministry in the last day that would be so like the ministry with the anointing of Elijah that it would turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. And Brother Bram saying the same God that stood with Malachi back there when he said that, and the same God that stood with David when he wrote that back there, that thou will not leave his soul in hell. That same God, may he come tonight and open the eyes of this American people that they can see it again tonight. And they would be, those that are sick would be healed. And God, may they understand that it's by committing their lives to you, their faith to you, and walking by faith, not by sight. Because sight is not by faith. It is an enemy to faith. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. May they have that sixth sense tonight. May they have that kind of faith that they can look and say, Well, we've never seen this for hundreds of years. We've never had a ministry like this. We've never had miracles to this extent here. But may they just look in the promise and see, yes, indeed, it is promise for the last day. And may they reach out and embrace that. And may they just have, uh, you know, all their superstitions brushed away. May they have all their denominational ideas brushed away. And may they just reach out in faith and say, God's word says it. And if God said it, I can put my hope in it. Just like uh, Jesus put his hope in what David said back there in Psalm 25 and Psalm 16. That's exactly what uh, Jesus believed when he went to the cross. And he had nothing in view that he was going to be spared that death. He had nothing in view that anyone had ever come from the dead like that. It had never happened before. But he went there on the strength of the promise. And he believed that. And here's Brother Bram praying that we as Americans, we would have the same attitude towards the promise of God. May we just go forward. Not because we see how it's going to come out. Not because we feel how it's going to come out. Not because somebody has assured us it's going to come out but simply because the promise of God says there's going to be a bride that will leave here without death and cross on the other side let's stand to our feet let's stop there let's use that as a little introduction and a stepping off place so that we can <clears throat> we can talk a little bit more about this because there are there are the, the pressure is ratcheting up you can see it. The events that are taking place in this world, it, it's ratcheting up. And it, and it becomes, I mean, it's, it's just amazing when you wake up in the morning. and uh, You know, very often my wife, will, uh, she'll get up uh, first and she'll just slip out. And, uh, you know, I always, I always, whenever I hear her come back up over the stairs, she's going down the stairs. When she comes back over the stairs in a hurry, I always pay attention because I know she's coming to tell me something. Did you hear the news? Turn on the radio. Did you, did you see this? Or Something's happening. 
And I always think about that. I'll tell you what, there we, we, for, for a believer in this day, we should live with expectation. Not fear, but expectation. And things are going to happen. And one day, we're, we're, we've moved into the cycle, we've moved into the season where this is happening. And here's Brother Bram praying that God would let America see the same, same thing. Because if God said it's going to happen, we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Enoch walked with God. Enoch caught a revelation of the path of life and how he should walk and where he should go. He did it. God took him. Brother Bram said, that's your type for our day. May God show us how to live. May God show us how to walk. May God show us how to get through the rest of this week. May God show us how to navigate the troubles that lay ahead of us. May God show us exactly what we have need of because he's got us here for a purpose. Every one of us are here for a reason still. You may not understand that reason, but God's got you here for a reason. Yes, sir. God's good. What are you playing there, man? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to Yes, I want to see you. So open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Yes, open the eyes of my heart, because I want to see you. Yes, I want to see I am lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, 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 I I want to see you again. See you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power of I want to see you. Are you an F? How, how great is our God? How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? All will see how great. How great is our God, the splendor of 
yourself in How great Sing that chorus again now Thank you Jesus Oh how great Is our God Sing with me How great Is our God And all will see How great Oh how great Is our Lord, we believe you are great above anything that we could imagine, Lord. And how when you speak something, it will come to pass, just as you have said. We have examples, Lord, as we look back in the Word of God and see how people went to their death believing in a better resurrection, Lord. Father, I pray you give us that kind of faith in the last day. And Lord, I believe that Enoch had a kind of an abandon about the world around him, that even if it rained, you were going to preserve him, Lord, because he was one to walk with you. He believed you and trusted you. Noah, Lord, never having seen the form of judgment coming, yet he prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Lord God, these are men of vision. They were visionaries. They, They could look ahead by faith, and they could just know that what you had said was true, despite the fact that never seen with their natural eyes those things that were coming. And Lord, here's a prophet that arrives at the last day and speaks of things, Lord, that are coming. Oh God, prepare our hearts, Lord, that we would make our families ready, that we would prepare them, Lord. We would make strong, clear decisions about what we know to be true. And Lord, we would stand on that ground. We'd cling to that rock. Father, embed that in every heart. We love you. We thank you, Lord. And we believe your word. And we just want to continue, Lord, to walk on that path you have ordained. Thank you, Lord, for this little gathering on a Wednesday night. And, Father, may you bless our balance of our week and everything we do, Lord, and our children that are out in the world and school and all their different activities, Lord. Have your hand upon them. Lord, may we be mindful of you in everything we set our hand to. Lord Jesus, bring us back at the appointed time, I pray. Lord, we give you the balance of this week now. And thank you for your mercy to us. We love you. How we love you. And now ask your blessing as we're dismissed. In Jesus' lovely name, amen. And amen. And all God's people said, I'm gonna make it. He's already said. Sing it as you go tonight. God bless you. I'll keep on trusting. Working everything for my good. He walks beside me.
heaven is in my view.